everybody. Welcome to The Rev Up. I'm your host, Ben Shipley, Chief Growth Officer here at Trust the Process. Uh, the Rev Up is the podcast where we talk all things revenue growth. Um, I'm very lucky today. Uh, I actually got to join a good friend of mine's uh, podcast. Her podcast is called The Sales Empowering Series. Uh, my good friend, Raina Fernandez. Uh, Raina is the founder and owner of the Smart Talent Group, a specialised sales recruitment agency out of Australia. Uh, Raina and I worked together years ago. We've worked together a number of times. Uh, very, very good at what she does, and uh, I'm very, was very, very happy to get to spend some time with her uh, on her podcast, talking all things outsourcing, sales, career, uh, all of those sorts of things. Uh, so, yeah, really excited for this one. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Ben. Yes. Sippers, like I like I used to call you, and I know everyone does, but I think we go way back, and I um, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure catching up with Ben, given his uh, background and knowledge within the sales niche. Um, I think Ben and I go way back when we worked together in an organization uh, I've been following his his career as a recruiter. I've recruited personally for for Ben, and um, and I think uh, in terms of Ben's knowledge within sales as as a as a function, I've always been quite inspired. I just love the fact that he's he's always on top of every new sales book, every new sales process, and he's just uh, a wealth of knowledge every time you talk to him. So thank you, Ben, for being. Here with us today. Really appreciate it. So excited to be here. Anytime I get a chance to to hang out and chat with you, Raina, it is always a pleasure. Because <laughs> we talk about cooking and all sorts of stuff as well. So exactly, <laughs> always fun. Exactly. But Ben, I think uh, I mean I've, I've always followed your career trajectory, and I've just loved the fact that you uh, you're. As a, you, you've been a very strong and successful sales professional, but you've also been a great sales leader. You know, uh, you've worked with numerous sales professionals throughout your career, and everyone that I've spoken to and recruited for your teams and seen you grow into into sales leadership roles and then director roles, and it's just fantastic. And I, and I think it purely comes from your 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 true grit to the to the profession. And uh, mm. now being in your current role, I think if you could just share with our following a little bit about, you know, why you do what you do, a little bit about the current organization you're in and um, and what you guys are doing. So, um, yeah, look, I've, I've been in the world of sales for a, a very long time. I started out as a commission-only, door-to-door, shopping centre-type sales guy on the uh, main streets of Melbourne uh, many years ago. Uh, about 19 at this point. Uh, I was 19 years old at the time. And actually, um, in that world, if you do particularly well, they very quickly turn you into uh, a leader of people. And so I was 19 years old, selling commission only, working my butt off, and all of a sudden had a team of three and then four and then five and then six people and having to onboard. I don't know if you know very much about the world of commission only, door-to-door sales, but they turn over a lot of people. So uh, you're constantly like hiring, uh, training, onboarding, upskilling, mentoring, you know, from 19 years old. And so I, that was kind of my entry point into the world of sales and sales leadership. And um, 
you know, over the years, I've worked with a lot of teams in a lot of places. I think uh, I've hired, uh, did a count recently. I've hired people in 31 countries now, um, which, uh, you know, every one of those has their own individual little challenges and, and um, lessons to be learned. Uh, but, you know, after years and years and years of, of always talking about uh, the importance of how you go about hiring people and the sorts of skills you look for and how, you, how important onboarding is and how important training and coaching and, you know, talking about these things all the time. Um, the good thing is now I work for a company called Trust the Process uh, as the chief growth officer over there. Um, we do a whole bunch of things, but primarily we are an offshoring company. So we help people hire people particularly into sales, marketing, and service roles. And so all that time I've spent talking about these things for all these years, now I can actually put it into practice and help our clients to find the best salespeople, the best marketing people, the best service people, um, and make sure that they have a great start in their organization and can ultimately be successful so that they can then use those people to grow their own businesses. I must say, I do love the name, Trust the Process. <laughs> There's positives and negatives to it. Uh, we love it too because we're, we are very process-driven. Um, the founders of Trust the Process spent a decade plus as uh, officers in the Australian Army, um, logistics officers, right, which is all about process and structure and making sure the right people have the right information and the right resources at the right place at the right time. Um, and so we are very process-driven. Uh, there are downsides to it. There is a, a major uh, thing in the US uh, in relation to trust the process, which is a basketball related term, specifically relating to the Philadelphia 76ers. So if you want to win branded search, so SEO for the term trust the process, you might have to spend somewhere in the vicinity of $10 million to win that particular search. Uh, and so there's some downsides to the name as well from a marketing perspective, but we love it too. Fantastic. So then I think, you know, I, lo I love what you guys are doing in your space. I mean, it's a very competitive space. Um, and how are you, you finding it? You know, I mean, there's a lot of noise around, uh, what's happening in 2023. I mean, I can share some market update here with you, but uh, today's all about getting some insights from you, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, it's quite competitive, the space you're in. And yep. so, Tell us a little bit about why you guys do it differently and why do you think it's so important for businesses to be aware of trust the process or any business in that space as a solution in the current market? Yeah, I I think that's a it's a it's a great question and it's for for many it's a very difficult question to answer, um, particularly in you know what a lot of people might consider to be a, a fairly commoditized market, you know, the world of staff leasing, outsourcing, offshoring, all that sort of stuff. Um, for me, ultimately, differentiation has to be important and matter to the client. I think a, a lot of what happens in a lot of industries, but particularly in ours, is that the differentiation is ultimately no difference. Um, and so I don't want to, you know, talk about all of the ways that we kind of do things um, as a as a staff leasing offshoring business, um, but what I would really say is that um, in this particular world, 
um, particularly if you're an SME trying to hire people offshore, what you ultimately want is, and this is a, a very old saying, but um, you ultimately want somebody who's big enough to know better, right? They've been through some of the challenges of growth and expansion and all those sorts of things, um, but small enough to care. Um, and so trust the process. We really do kind of sit right in that sweet spot where we have enough volume and enough size in terms of our clients and our number of team members offshore that uh, we've learned a lot of the lessons, uh, but, you know, small enough that that our clients, for the most part, have mine or one of our founders' mobile numbers. And if they need help with something, some insight into something, you know, they're like, oh, I can't figure out why this particular sales process isn't working. Um, they've got access to to the right people to be able to help them. Um, and I think that's important. I, I think, um, look, Al, uh, as a business, we are a very people-focused business. Um, one of our founders uh, is particularly good with uh, with words, with coming up with good phrases. He said to me the other day, um, uh, business is a fundamentally human experience based on connection and relationships. And uh, when he said that to me, it got me thinking about this whole, you know, the world we live in, which is pretty fundamentally digital. Um, and probably, you know, you and I worked together 13, 14 years ago, something like that for the first time. We've obviously done a lot of things together over the years, but that was the first time we worked together. Like, I would definitely say that the world of business is less connected personally today than it was 13, 14 years ago. And I don't think that it has to be. And so as a an offshoring provider, as an outsourcing business, um, ultimately our goal is to be able to help people to take advantage of a modern digital um, strategy. You know, we help people implement things like CRM systems. We're um, HubSpot agency partners, uh, as an example. But we think that all of these things should be ways to augment and improve um that human-to-human, person-to-person relationship and improve those connections because at the end of the day, uh, we don't just want to do business for the sake of making money. We want to enjoy what we do and what makes us enjoy what we do is the people that we get to do it with. And for the most part, that's our clients and our partners. And so, um, you know, it's a, not not just about ticking boxes and sending emails and hoping everyone kind of keeps working with us, you know, through automations and whatnot. We want to have a, a fundamentally human-to-human -human connected business and approach to how we do things, which is not a huge differentiator in terms of a product, but I believe it is a fundamentally different approach in our industry in terms of, um, you know, approach rather than product and service. And, and Ben, do you think with everything happening in the market at the moment, you know, uh, there's been a massive snowball effect of, of, from all the tech layoffs at the beginning of the year. Uh, there's a lot of noise around a possible recession, although the mm -hmm. are feeling quite positive that it's not going to really reach Australia. Uh, businesses, um, we're finding in the, in the sales recruitment space that uh, a lot of uh, roles are being um, held and businesses are taking a lot higher. Uh, it's definitely an employer market as opposed to um, a candidate market. We're seeing a very different shift to the market that 
um, that we were in last year, right, where we um, mm. scraping the bottom of the barrel to find the talent. Uh, today, we're, um, uh, you know, that we're speaking to such good sales professionals out there on a daily basis. Um, I mean, I just feel businesses and tech startups and companies just don't, you know, investors have pulled out. There's been such a, you know, yeah. massive inflation. There's just a lot happening. It's volatile. I mean, do you, I mean, I can see a massive uh, gap there in the market. I mean, for you guys and what you, mm. in terms of value to what you can bring. And I think, you know, for a lot of companies that we've spoken to over the years that are in that tech startup space, I mean, this is a prime example of where you could be looking at other options like what you have. And mm. so, is this an a, an optimum time for your business where you guys have been extremely busy because uh, businesses have decided now that there is a better, um, more cost-effective and efficient way to keep, you know, the 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 wheels churning and let's mm. look at other options. I mean, how are you guys finding market? Um, I think all of those things that you, you said there are very true, right? Um, there's definitely some hesitance in the market. Um, you know, people are definitely feeling the pinch, um, all the layoffs, all those sorts of things. It's definitely much more back into a, um, an employer market than a, um, employee market, like you said, depending on the industry. Depending on the industry, then businesses are also correcting themselves because last mm. year there was a massive influx of roles. Salaries uh, yep. were inflated, and uh, and they've just realised that uh, they've paid um, X amount for a skill set that they don't have. Yeah, and uh, a, a money for C players. It's been been going on for two or three years, and and so many businesses have ultimately paid the paid the price for it. And that's where that's I, I honestly believe that that's where a large maybe a larger portion of layoffs occurred because there was a realization of this. Maybe more people got laid off than were otherwise would have because they were paying huge money to. Look, and I'm going to talk specifically here about sales. Um, huge, crazy, crazy market resetting money just over and over and over again to people that honestly weren't very good salespeople. Um, and so they didn't get the results, but but those companies, those tech companies in particular, managed to hit all of their hiring targets, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it totally threw the market out for a period of time. People could just get paid whatever they wanted to get paid. Um, and um, I think that's definitely switched back the other way, but there are still candidates out there that are expecting those same kinds of numbers in a market where they're just never going to get them. Um, you know, and, and people feeling like they're having to go backwards and they're starting in new jobs because they need the money, but they're not excited about it because they feel like they've taken a step backwards. But, um, you know, some very irresponsible hiring happened over the last three years, and um, it's it's had a pretty big impact for sure. What I'd like to understand is obviously from, you know, your perspective, 
um, sitting in that whole growth revenue seat where you're, you know, you're focused on driving revenue for uh, your current business. What are you seeing? I mean, are you seeing that the current market has um, has increased needs for what you guys provide as a solution? Uh, yes and no, right? So um, we... We have had some some challenges, just like everybody else, over the last six months. In terms of, um, you know, particularly the Australian market, it was probably a little bit earlier than that, than that for the US and some other places. But particularly for the Australian market, um, lots of people feeling the pinch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of the people that we work with, we work with SMEs predominantly. Lots of them at the, you know, top end of the M in SME, but um, lots of SMEs, and so. You know, when you're in a small to medium-sized organization, the people that are pulling the purse strings and managing the budgets, for the most part, have mortgages and things like that. Everybody's feeling this stuff, and and we've certainly seen um, a little bit more challenge in the last six months. Um, we've also seen a lot more people wanting to talk about outsourcing. That's for sure, mm. right? Um Outsourcing, obviously, in a, in and of itself, it doesn't necessarily mean offshore. They are two separate things. You can outsource in Australia. You can outsource in another country. So, from an offshoring perspective, there's a lots there's lots of people that want to explore the concept of going overseas in order to save some money. And so, we're having lots of conversations, lots of people reaching out about, um, you know, what can I do offshore, and at what price can I do it? Um, and that, in and you know in a nutshell is a it's a great conversation to have it's a a good way for people to be thinking because the more um you know the more depressed the market gets the more challenge there's going to be the more it's going to be really essential that people are thinking about efficiencies and so for me um this is honestly where where the economy was headed a year ago is a big part of the reason why i'm here anyway Right mm. there is there is almost certainly there is definitely going to be a huge opportunity in terms of helping people to offshore teams. Um, the expectation for growth in the Philippines, in India, in most of the major offshoring locations is significant over the next five years. Um, there are new markets popping up all the time that you can offshore to that want to get a piece of that BPO and, mm. uh, and outsourcing space. And so it's certainly going to be an amazing industry to be in. Um, but here's the thing, right? Not everything works when you outsource it, right? Mm. And one of the big challenges in this particular industry is that people come to outsourcing providers with problems and the outsourcers almost always say, yes, we can do that. And it's in large, large uh, portions of the time that's just not really super accurate. There is... Uh, a difference between what you're going to get with an internal onshore staff member and what you're going to get with an external offshore staff member. And being very aware of what works and what doesn't, I think really is ultimately the key. Um, I say to people all the time, um, outsource a process, don't outsource a problem. If you outsource a process, you get efficiencies. If you outsource a problem, you usually just get a bigger problem, right? And so the first thing for me is always is there a process in place? Is a thing already working? Are we already getting some results from it? Because if we are and we know how something works, you can absolutely offshore it. Um, provided that it is something that 
is a repetitive task or you have to make decisions about what kind of level of person and capability and skill and experience you want to hire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're talking about marketing in particular, the person that you get in somewhere like the Philippines and the person that you get in Australia might be, there might not be as big of a gap in pay as you might initially think, right? A great marketing director is globally because we are in a much more global economy now. A great marketing director, no matter where they are, kind of has a pretty fixed global cost these days. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, there has been a need. Businesses are a bit more open towards outsourcing. And I think I really liked your, your, um, the way you think around, um, you know, coming to you guys with a, with a, uh, knowing what the process is as opposed to mm. coming to you with a problem, as opposed to just wanting to dig and open up a, another can of worms and, and more problems. And, and you're completely right. Um, I think from, from our perspective as, as um, sales recruiters and, you know, we want to make sure that when we talk to businesses, we, uh, we, you know, we don't just hire or recruit for roles where we don't add value. So just being able to then also point our clients and businesses in the right direction. Like, I mean, it was uh, not long ago I reached out and I said, hey, I think I know someone that potentially could use what you guys offer as a solution. And then he changed his direction or whatever. But what I'm trying to say is just being able to, just, you know, being able to know the value of what you guys do and why you do it differently uh, is, is, is important. And, and hence I thought getting you to talk a little bit about, you know, what you're seeing in the market, how you guys are adding value, what you're doing, um, just so that businesses are aware, you know, what are the key mm. roles that you guys can add most value in, mm, um, yep. you know, and, 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 and why, you know, I mean, I personally think that every uh, business that is in that SME space should have three or four roles that are outsourced, mm-hmm. you know, because those roles don't really need to be based in Australia, they, it, it's, it's, it's a massive cost saving and, and it can really support your business and you get some really great talent. I mean, I'm, yep. I'm a prime example of that. So just tell me a little bit about, you know, what are those key roles? How do you guys add best value? And where are you seeing in, in terms of trends, especially in that outsourcing space, where are you seeing most of those trends, you know? And, and what sort of sectors are you guys working with them? Yeah, so... Um- just there's a couple of things to talk about there and and one of the main ones is um you know good profitable businesses create more jobs right 100% and yeah so, and so for us it's not a it's not about taking a, a staff member that exists in Australia and moving that role to the Philippines no right, as an example for us it's about how do we uh, apply appropriate resources to appropriate tasks okay and so a good example of that is like lots of admin work, right? You can absolutely do that in Australia and it'll cost you at least our minimum wage. But if you're spending your money to do that there, there might be other tasks that you now can't do. You can't afford the resources in order to be able to do them. The amount of times I talk to someone and they're like, um, we're not doing anything on social media. 
And we're not doing anything on social media because we can't afford a social media manager here in Australia. We can't afford an agency or whatever. Um, and the, the problem for them is that their resourcing is misallocated, right? The founder, for example, might be spending a ton of time on bookkeeping as an example. And because they're spending a ton of time on bookkeeping, they're not spending a ton of time managing their Facebook or their Instagram account or whatever, right? So it's all about like a hierarchy of, of tasks that you could do. And then you take some of those, I don't want to say low value tasks, but those simpler, more repetitive tasks that you might be doing, sitting around the kitchen table doing whatever. Um, you take those, you move them offshore, you do them at a very reasonable price, a significantly lower price than doing them in Australia. And what it does is it frees up funds, it frees up cash flow to be able to then apply resources to higher value tasks, particularly marketing and sales tasks. All business growth is sales and marketing led. If you're not investing time and resources in those places, your business will not grow. That is just a fact. So it's about appropriate resource allocation. For us, we specialize in marketing, sales, and service roles, Okay. right? That is our, our core specialization. And we didn't always... Actually, if you if you go back um, even 12 months in the world of Trust the Process, we kind of did everything, mm. right? Four years ago, we were a VA agency. A year ago, we did anything that anyone kind of needed, but we definitely had some areas that we were better at than other areas, right? Because you can send marketing, sales, product, operations, finance, HR, compliance, you can send thousand things offshore right but so for us it's about what are we really good at um, and when we start to focus into some of these areas we also realize that there are ways that work and ways that don't in each of those functions mm. right and so for me for and and i think this is a, a kind of a good thought experiment for anybody thinking about sending roles offshore is you really have to break the the clients into two categories right Anybody who's thinking about offshoring, the first one is um, we're at a size and we're at a scale and we're at a level of of detail that I'm trying to hire a role. Maybe I've got a marketing manager. Maybe I've got a sales director, right? And so there's a person who's going to manage the process and lead the process. We have some processes in place. We know that this is how this is where our leads land, and these are the steps that we take people through. And many people have gone through it and bought, right? So we have a process in place. We have a CRM in place and we're tracking our leads through that CRM. But what we want is we want um, we want a trial doing some of our appointment setting and inbound lead management offshore. We're already doing it. We already know how it works. We already know what good looks like. We already have processes. We already have templates. We already have all these things. That particular type of client should definitely immediately go and look at offshoring, right? Yeah. Because there's there's almost certainly going to be a series of roles that they could do much cheaper and still get great results out of. Um, and they don't necessarily have to create something from scratch or um, throw something out the window in order to trial it. If you've got sales development reps in Australia, for example, hire one in the Philippines and try it through the same process and see if you get a good result. Because if you get a a good result at 
a third of the price, well, now your ability to scale has increased because your your cost of growth is less, right? Growth sucks cash. The more you want to grow, the more cash you need, except if you alter the way you your business sucks on those resources, right? So that's an example. The other type of customer are the ones where they they want to do something that they don't yet know how to do. Mm. Uh, so we would have lots and lots of people coming to us saying, I want to hire a VA to do marketing for me, <laughs> right? We would say, what are they going to be doing? Um, what are the programs? What are the campaigns? What channels? All of these sorts of things. Well, I think I want them to make content for me and I want them to distribute it through social media. Are you doing it already? No. Um, do you know what kind of content? Well, I'm hoping they'll tell me, right? If that is you, you are not ready to offshore, right? Mm. And, and if you go and talk to 50 providers, 49 of them will tell you, yes, we can hire that person for you. But I can tell you right now, you're going to get six months down the track, you're going to fire that person and you're going to go, offshoring doesn't work. And that's not true. The way you did it doesn't work. And so for us, it's about identifying which camp do they sit in. And if they sit in the second camp, they want to try something new that they haven't done before, but they don't know how to build the processes for it. They don't know what good looks like. Then for us, it's about um, being able to provide that for them, right? And so we have products that are built around specific types of deliverables, including marketing, right? And your marketing strategy. What is the strategy? What are we focusing on? What are the conversations we want to win? Who are our core avatars? What are we going to talk to them about? How are we going to generate leads? All those things. Um, and then providing, once you have that structure and that strategy and all of the processes in place, then being able to provide people for it. Um, or in some cases, it doesn't make sense to hire one person. And I think the best example of this is content, right? Um, if you want to do amazing content, you need more than one person. You need somebody who's very good at graphic design. If you're doing video, you're going to need a video editor. You're going to need um, some sort of content creator and copywriter, right? There's three or four other things. Quite often, if you're going to distribute that that content, you're going to need website developers and social mm -hmm. support and a whole bunch of stuff, right? And if you really want to pump that content up, you're going to need somebody who knows how to manage ads because you might want to point some ads at it. Like there's a thousand roles you could have in order to have a great content engine that ha that yields results. And so for us, rather than saying, come and do content with us, we'll hire you a person in the Philippines to do your content for you, we've actually turned that into a service. Right, So we, we have a content as a service product where essentially you turn up for 90 minutes once a month. We record a video, a podcast or a YouTube vlog type video, whatever. Uh, take that one piece of 90-minute content, um, turn it into a, you know, obviously work some editing magic. Take what might not be perfect and amazing and turn it into something excellent. Um, and then take that one piece and turn it into a whole bunch of different formats. So... Uh, shortened snippets and the like uh, of video, uh, a whole bunch of different shorter videos, then blogs, email posts, social posts, uh, ebooks, all of these things. We can take that one piece, turn it into, you know, 20 to 45 pieces of content, uh, and then load it all up into a social scheduler and bang, 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 out comes the other end, a, uh, a full content strategy. So it's, it's, 
it's it's who's the customer what do they need but also what do you what skills do you need in order to be able to deliver on that thing you want to do because if you just want a person in the, in the philippines to make content for you you're going to have pardon pardon me but you're going to have some shit content right because they don't know your business as well exactly. as you do you're the exactly. other one who needs to guide them and help yeah. them with content i mean it took me a good three to four months before May could, you know, uh, put content together, but we already had a strategy in place. Mm -hmm. I get it. Like it won't work if you're not ready to offshore and you don't know what the tools are. So I think you gave some really great examples there, Ben, on which businesses are ready and which businesses aren't. And you know what? I think coming back to the client that I was talking about, they they, they weren't ready. They just mm. didn't know what they wanted. You, oh, I need someone to, um, like, I, I'm so busy at the moment. Like, I, I just need a, 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 an EA to help me with my diary and organize me. But, mm-hmm. but, but what, what do you need to get organized? I don't know, just everything. I just need this person to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> so they yep. don't really have, they aren't ready because they've never, They've got no process in place and they're going to then say, hey, you've done a shit job because they don't even know what they want. Yep. Uh, so great. That's, that's such a good point. That's such a good point. Like we've, we've changed our process, uh, our sales process in the last nine months for that exact reason, right? So before we will sign any contracts, take any deposits, anything, mm. we help the person make a position description for the role, right? Mm. Uh, and obviously, we make hundreds of these things, um, but we help them really define what are the core tasks that this person's going to do, what experience do they need in order to be able to do that, what uh, tech and systems and industries and things, what what sort of um, exposure do they need to have and capabilities they need to have in order to be able to manage that process. Yep. And then finally, how are they going to measure them? What are the KPIs going to be? Um, what are what is the sign of success? Define all of those things, and it becomes so much easier to hire somebody, give them the appropriate expectations, and onboard them. But if you if you can't even get to the point of I have a position description for the role that I want, no. uh, it's pretty hard to be successful. Hundred percent. Well, I think that's given at least our audience a very clear understanding because we work with quite a few tech startups or businesses that have just got. Um, you know, some funding and are looking to kind of scale and grow. And and they've talked about offshoring and, uh, you know, doing, th- there's a few roles there that potentially could be offshored and, um, or oh, we could we could actually get someone to do this. Okay, well, you can, but do you even know? So I think you gave some really great examples around that. Ben, I really appreciate. And I think you've given me some great insight too, you know, uh, just, yeah, it's just, um, I think, businesses are very confused and you're right it's offshoring is not for everyone and 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 i'm glad that you guys have put some process in place to be able to do this effectively yeah yeah there's ma- there's massive pressure for businesses to be able to do a good job of this mm. and everyone's telling them that they need to offshore and they need to cut costs and all of those yeah. sorts of things yeah so the key is going to be partner with someone who's going to tell you the truth. Uh, I, I take it as a great point of personal pride when uh, when one of our clients says, uh, are you trying to talk me out of this? 
right? Um, I think it's super important that we're we're very honest about what works and what doesn't and how you need to operate, whether someone's ready, whether they're not, because there's enough people that are desperate in the business world right now that they'll pay you if they feel like there's a silver bullet out there. And there's certainly a lot of people that are suggesting they might have that silver bullet. So, you know, that that level of honesty and trust, I think, makes a massive difference to a to a, mm. a long-term outsourcing relationship, you know? Yeah. But I really like the idea of your content as a service piece because I think that's a really great um, solution. I mean, if you could send me some more of that because if I – just an understanding because I could share that with mm-hmm. some of our clients as well because I think that's a really great solution you've got out there. Um the other question I have for you, Ben, is, you know, you've you've obviously come full circle. You've been a sales professional. You've, you know, you've door knocked. You've, you know, you've you've been through recessions. You've, you know, you've, and now you're you're pretty much in the recruitment world as well, which is, which is <laughs> yeah. great. So you 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 know you're constantly on top of trends and and data and and all of that. So what are you seeing? What do you can you tell me what what you what your take on um uh 2023 has been and and what do you see potentially happening in the next six months because you talk to a lot of people uh Mm -hmm. you're constantly very curious and always studying um so i think that's um um that's a great skill to have for any sales professional but i know you do that uh it's it's kind of your um uh, you do that very naturally and you just, uh, I think you love it. You're very, very passionate about it. So, uh, yeah, so, t- sh- so if you could share a little bit about what you think those trends and are or what you see happening or unfolding in the, in the next mm. six months would be great and, and what you've seen happen in the, in the initial um, you know, part of the year. Um, okay, so I, 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 actually don't, I actually don't think we've, we've crossed a maybe the major line yet. So I think there's a lot of change to come. Uh but I we're definitely seeing we're definitely seeing the some of the effects for sure. You know, from a recruitment perspective, um I do think there's going to be a bit more of a coming together sometime in the near future between candidates and businesses in terms of expectations and what's possible. Um, I do feel like the there's going to be a bit of a reckoning for the candidate pool, um, not getting maybe what they really wanted and having to. It's already happening. Yeah, having to having to really deal with that. Um, but I tell you what, there's massive positives, right? It is a great time to be hiring, and so for me, anytime there's a a situation where there's the potential for, um any kind of financial instability or problems in an economy, this is the moment that you want to be taking advantage of. This is ultimately when millionaires and billionaires are made, right? By making the right decisions and being aggressive. And, um, you know, when everybody else is hiding away and shying away and running away and, and pausing and stopping, taking those moments and you know, from a recruitment perspective, it's a great time to be hiring salespeople. So there's amazing candidates in the market, the people that you have not been able to find for the last three years. There's heaps of them available right now. So if you can find great salespeople, I can tell you right now, 
that great salespeople and really, really good marketing are actually your only true way through a recession, are your only true way through difficulty. You have to be able to be better at and do a better job of selling and marketing and understanding your customers and shifting your value proposition and the way that you work with them in order to meet the current market conditions. You know, I think um, I always think back to the place that we worked together years ago. Um, and I use this example all the time. Where on the back of the GFC, right, we were selling sponsorship packages for small business to business conferences, right? It was exactly the sort of discretionary spend that marketing teams were massively cutting back on, right? Initially, we had a real challenge with it, big problems, and that business itself cut a whole bunch of people, right? But a change was made to the value proposition and the way that we sold, and we focused much more heavily on being able to help our clients find who is active in the market as a prospect, less on volume and how many names can we get and database building and et cetera, and just helping sales directors find actual pipeline that are ready to make decisions and looking for solutions. Um, and we met the market, right? They had very little money to spend now. They had very little money to spend now, but they needed to get results still. They needed to fight their way through this challenge. And so we matched a value proposition and a way of selling to meet that exact need. We altered our product to meet that exact need. We, we started giving away less guest passes to events and started making more people buy the passes to the events, right? All of these things are about adjusting to that particular scenario. And so I think we're in one of those moments now where the zaggers, all the ziggers are going to be, uh, the people zigging are going to be in one spot going, I'm going to wait until this is all over and I hope everything's going to be okay in the fetal position. And all of the people that zag and go try and find other ways to fight through are going to be the ones that do really well out of it. And if you've got the money and you can hire a salesperson, be very, be very picky because you can be, right? But somebody that can sell during financial challenge is going to be absolutely gold for you. That would be that would be the the major thing that I'm watching out for. It's a good time to be hiring if you can manage to do so. The other thing is um, is it is a really good time to look at alternative staffing solutions, right? Things that give you uh, an opportunity to have a bit of flexibility. Um, you know, looking for ways to be able to uh, contract rather than hire full-time employees. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of people bringing on, um, you know, short-term contract type uh, roles. And I think that's going to happen across a lot of different places that it didn't happen so much before, particularly places like sales. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that sort of thing's been happening in marketing for a long time, but I think it'll happen more in places like sales. Um, and I think people will look a, a lot more offshore to to cheaper markets in order to be able to find their resources. Um, and all of that will continue to have an impact on the um, on the wages that people are able to ask for. You know, so it will be a moment. It will be a moment, and those that are courageous enough to take advantage of the specific, opportunities available in that moment, I think are probably going to come out the other side very, very strong. 100%.
And I, that's, you, you, you've been very clear about your messaging around this. And, I, and I've been talking to candidates. Um, we speak to numerous people on a daily basis. And the one thing I say to them is, you know, don't focus on, or, on the negative news and focus on what you can control. Um, and, you know, they, um, there's a lot of negativity out there, but it's more about what are they doing to, to, uh, to upskill, you know, mm. especially for the candidates out there that are, that are currently on the market. It's a, it's a challenging time. I mean, interest rates have gone up. They've got families to feed. Um, mm-hmm. They've got mortgages to pay. And it's, it's tough. Some are doing it really tough. You know, because of all the inflation and 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 like we know, there was some um, uh, some big salaries paid last year. So if you're if you if you start living on those life, you know, having that lifestyle with the salaries you you made, and then suddenly that's taken off you, uh, it's a it's a hit. You know, yeah, big time. There's, yeah, so I, I guess you're right. Uh, and businesses can be picky. And I think the the recruiters that have the relationships and work on those relationships are the ones that will survive. Because, I mean, I was talking to quite a few recruiters in the last week and they've been made redundant. Mm, yep, not surprising. It's happening yeah. in a lot of industries. Real estate's another one that um, there's lots and lots of redundancies being made. So... But you're right. It's it's a time where millionaires and billionaires are made, and the ones that are most resilient and can actually meet the market. And you've given us some great examples on how you guys did that, and has have been through it before. The ones that that will survive. So focusing on what you can control, and and um, rather than you know getting drawn in. I mean, I don't ever watch the news. i I never do i just focus on what i can do and i think that's what uh is so important you know rather than um having it having all those negative nancies Mm. in your years so you're right uh i think you've ben you've shared some invaluable information i think some really great insights um i do appreciate you taking the time to do that but more so just giving businesses some real clarity around whether outsourcing is for them because it needed to come from someone working within the business because, uh, I mean, you're right. There's so many CEOs I talk to and they talk about, oh, it's, it's crap. It's never the same thing and blah, blah, blah. But you had some really clear and great examples around really knowing why you're outsourcing rather than blaming the person. You know, if, mm. you, if you don't really know the process, it's a bigger problem for you. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's very, um, some great examples there. But thank you. Thank you again. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, Well, I would just make one one final point on on something you just said there. Um, And it's that um, not everything works offshore, right? Um, We are an outsourcing provider, so not everything we do is offshore. You know, we have um, uh, onshore uh, outsourced salespeople, for example. Um, not everything works perfectly offshore. I wouldn't do everything offshore, depending on, you know, your type of business, your industry, your customers, your product. There's a lot of different vari- variables to it. But the things that work really well offshore, for me, the things that I'm 
I always know when I talk to a client, whether it's going, I always know if it's going to be positive is when we're talking about things that are skill-based and not culture-based, right? Mm. So a good example of this is like copywriting. Mm. It's really, it's really, honestly, it's really hard for an American, for example, to write great copy for an Australian market. Really difficult because the culture is different. The way we talk is different. The way we position things is different. The way we connect is different. And so if you try and use an offshore copywriter, it can it can work. It really, but it has to be an, an incredibly skilled copywriter who's probably worked with that market a lot, right? And that's a really difficult thing to find. If it is rather than, you know, um, if it's not necessarily something that relies heavily on understanding the culture, if it's very process-based and it's quality-based, you definitely can. So a good example of this is something like graphic design, right? I, for the most part, suggest people don't do copywriting in the Philippines. And I, for the most part, suggest if you're not doing graphic design in the Philippines, you're probably wasting a lot of money. You know, we get amazing, amazing graphic design outcomes from the Philippines, video editing, lots mm. and lots of bits and pieces, right? But where there needs to be a cultural interpretation done, that's where it starts to be challenging. And sometimes that can be in sales, for example. Uh, people try and do too much of their sales process offshore. So, you know, SDRs, sales development reps or BDRs, whatever you want to call them, is a an appointment setters is a great example of something you can do for sales offshore, but you just have to be realistic about how far you want that to go in terms of what you want qualified and how much connection and engagement and how far along the, the sales process you want them to be able to push. Um, if you can keep that to a point that it's not difficult because of cultural connection or cultural interpretation, then you'll be fine. If you try and have somebody offshore do 80% of a sales process for an $80,000 AAR product, you're probably going to find that it fails and you'll be like, yeah. that doesn't work. But the the key is you've got to be realistic about what you can do and just talk to somebody, whether it's me or somebody else. Honestly, don't even go and talk to, a, to an outsourcing provider about it because most will just tell you that it can work. Talk to other people who are doing it where it's working and find out what they're doing. Uh, and you'll find some really good insights about like what can work, what cannot work. Um, but you just have to be realistic about it. And that that for me is the defining line. Is there cultural interpretation required or is there not? Um, and where there's not and where it's just design and quality and all those sorts of things. Or sorry, I've, this is a very long version to your is there anything else question. Um, but sometimes it's like availability is going to be really important right? So a, a great example of this is if I'm, a, um, if I'm a pest control business, big pest control business, right? And I got lots of people going out to go to appointments at people's houses mm. in order to go and uh, spray for pests. If I've got one person sat in the office in Australia, right? That one person can take one phone call at a time, okay? Uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but us that are maybe in our uh, late 30s into our 40s, we all do the phone like this because of the phones we grew up with. Yep. And young, young people do it like this. I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, really? I've, I've never phones. seen that. I've got to be um, really, okay. Yeah. 
keep your eye out for it. You'll notice it now. Um, I will. But, but if you've got one person in an office and they're on a phone call, then no one else can speak to your business and they don't get answers and they're like, I need to reschedule. I need to, right? So in that scenario, what is the better experience for the customer? To have that one person in Australia or to take that, have that same money and have three people in the Philippines where someone can always speak to you. They can Just always get rescheduled. They can know exactly, yeah. yeah, where is the technician? Uh, on, are they on their way? Like somebody yeah. that can do all of that customer coordination, which one's yeah. a better experience? And it's almost always the more mm-hmm. resources is a better experience. And so it's just being aware of like yeah. what what can work, what can not, but also how do I actually create value out of this? How do I make this a better experience? How do I make this have more value rather than just focusing on how do I make it cost me less? So reduce your cost for growth and 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 think about um, uh, customer experience. You know, I think mm. for businesses that are scaling, I think that's two really great points you've kind of, um, you know, highlighted uh, for business owners to think about when they're ready for that. That's, you know, when they've got those um, investors and, and whatever ready for scale. I think that's uh, two things for them to, to look at. And you're right. I don't personally think that the full sales cycle AE can sit in you know in an in an in out in an outsourcing role i think they do they're probably better off being from the local market um and but there are roles there are some companies that could be just delivery and customer success you know coordination roles that could be very well done there you know yep, absolutely. so 100% 100% no well, Ben, thank you so much. It's a Friday and I know that you probably got drinks coming up. Are you at home or where are you? <laughs> I'm not drinking at the moment. I've got a big um, walk for charity coming up. We're doing the Oxfam Trail Walker uh, nice. in, in a month at the end of August. Uh, me and three others, including one of the founders of Trust the Process. So I love it. Uh, I'm not drinking at the moment. There's no after work drinks. It's all training all the time. Uh, so none of that for me, but uh, please feel free to uh, enjoy a wine on my behalf, Raina. All right, that's it for this episode of The Rev Up. Thank you for joining us. As always, The Rev Up is brought to you by Trust the Process, uh, the place to go if you want help finding the best offshore talent uh, out of the Philippines to help in your business with anything from marketing and sales to service to admin to finance. Uh, if you're looking for staff and you need staff to be able to fill roles in your business and grow your business, uh, head to ttprocess.co. We also help with HubSpot. Uh, So if you're looking to add a CRM um, or need any help in making the most out of your existing HubSpot instance, uh, go to the same place, ttprocess.co. Fill in any of the forms and you'll be able to set up some time with one of our team to talk uh, any of those solutions. Thanks very much for joining.